to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How's it going? It's going good. How's it going with you? Going all right. Going good. Um, What have you been playing this week? Uh, Not a whole lot, really. I completely fell off of Ghostwire Tokyo. Nothing wrong with the game itself. It just kind of lost interest for me, but that's more of my uh, ADD than anything else. A little bit of Stranded Alien Dawn. They launched a new uh, scenario. They've been doing that a little bit more and more lately, coming up with scenarios for Mm -hmm. you to to play the game to have a win condition. I mean, granted, it's only three, but, you know, they they win early access with one. Um, So it's better than that. Uh, Better than nothing. Uh, And other than that, nothing really has peeked out at me and jumped it and said, hey, check this out. Cool. Um, cause yeah, you stopped Redfall. Uh, yeah. did you, did you finish Hi-Fi Rush? I can't remember. No, I got stuck on the last boss. It was another one of those, uh, things like that would happen with, uh, uh, Jedi Survivor. Mm. Just the last boss. And the reason why it's so frustrating is because you have to do very specific things and I can't figure out what very specific things I have to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, I've not been playing much either. Uh, it's a little bit of an emptier week for me. Um, I've been sent uh, Dead Island 2, not Dying Light. Uh, Dead Island 2, but I've not received it yet. Um, I was also watching, because uh, I was um, catching up on some YouTube stuff, and I finished watching... Um, <coughs> oh dear. I finished watching Kid Icarus play uh, Klonoa 2. Um, it's a game I wasn't even aware of, like Klonoa 1 and 2, it's got a remaster on new systems. Uh, it's not even a game series I was aware of until he said that he was streaming it, so I've been watching him play that. I had like two videos left, so I just uh, went and watched those. I did add it to my list because I'm curious to uh, to try it, at least. It's kind of a silly, fun story and stuff, but the the traversal mechanics on it are kind of interesting they, they looked kind of interesting anyway so um i want to i want to at least give that a little bit of a shot um played some full guys because there was the season four update so i did a couple more levels in that um did some bits and pieces with fifa and that um what is the other game um uh, being i'm waiting basically to be sent my next game um because yeah uh, gonna try dead island 2 i'm sort of just my excitement level for it is like a 5 out of 10. I'm sure it would be like a fun slapstick zombie game, but I don't know if that's quite what I'm in the mood for, but I, I want to give it a try at least. And it's been in development for how long? Um, so I want to at least, you know, give it a try. Um, I'm not expecting to be, you know, pulled in by the story or character, you know, that it's not that sort of zombie game. But um, I did hear there were some interesting ways to you know, kill the zombies and stuff, so I want to at least give it a shot, so I, I'm going to try and do that. I've got that on my um, Series X, by the way, so that will be interesting to to use that. Um, what else did I What else did I do? I've been catching up on some, some shows and stuff, I've uh, been watching Barry, um, and I've finished, um, is it called Big Door Prize? Yeah, finished the finale of that yesterday. I had a very curious season finale, that did, so... Um, but yeah, not anything really to, to, hopefully next week I'll be, I'll have played some stuff and, uh, can speak a bit more about all of them. Um, did you have any interest in Dead Island 2? A little bit. I mean, like you, the, the long development, I've seen some people play it 
it looks okay. Uh, I'm not $70 interested. All right. You know, we don't have rental services over here that I know of, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but, you know, if it's ever like on a $20 sale or something like that, I might pick it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The two games I really want to play right now is Star Wars and, and Zelda, but I have not been sent those yet. So, um, yeah, I imagine there's going to be a list for those. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was tracking it during the week. And it said all on rent for Zelda, then said short wait, and now it says long wait again. But I, w- when I get a open slot, um, I'm basically put on a list, and it depends who's on that list first, and it's it's judged that way. Although if there's let's say, let's say there's ten people waiting for Zelda, and um, five copies get returned, because they they've always said to me it's always about how many how many copies of games get returned in one go. If they get five games returned back, the first five people will receive that. But then, because that's the thing, I, I assume, what I kind of assume is, okay, if it says long wait, that means there's maybe like 10 plus people, there might even be way more than that, uh, on the list. If they receive like 20 copies back, it all in one go. So it's unlikely, but let's just say it, for example. Um, then I'll go from having, it say, long wait to being sent an email about... Uh, games being dispatched so it, it just depends on what games get get returned and stuff so there we go um cool i guess that's it for our very light um game impressions and stuff this week uh, let's take a break we'll do some housekeeping come back and uh we have some sad news and also some interesting news to talk about this week see you in a minute today's sponsor is manscaped you can get 20 percent off with your order with manscaped by using the promo code that we've got with them which is etalk uk that's e-t-a-l-k UK to get 20% off your order and free shipping with Manscaped. They sell various different men's grooming products from shavers, razors, ear and nose head trimmers, different clothes and deodorants. You don't even need to Google Manscaped themselves. You can click on the link in your show notes whether you're on a podcast player or the website uh, version of the episode and you can go and click on that link in the show notes. That's also got the promo code written in the show notes as well so you can either copy and paste the promo code ETALKUK, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. You can either copy and paste that into your show notes or type it in in the promo code box and click apply that will get you 20% off your order with manscaped and free shipping first hand quality professional with manscaped from their packaging to the items themselves even the way the items are stored in the packaging is very very first class very professional so no questions about manscaped's quality thanks very much to manscaped for sponsoring entertainment talks podcast and thank you very much for listening Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and 
the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. All right, recently on Entertainment Talk, um, what have we got here? Uh, still co- uh, covering Ted Lasso, we're up to season uh, three, episode ten. We've got just two episodes left for the whole series, so the episode next week is the penultimate one of the series. Then the week after is the series finale. Uh, so there's that. Um, the Flash, the film, is out soon, finally, after being due out in 2018. And of course, from 2018 to 2023, that film has gone through quite the journey and change. Um, And Ezra Miller has done a few things here and there. So I talked about all of that kind of stuff over on my previous podcast on the DC Talk. Um, Talked about, you know, Michael Keaton in there and Ben Affleck and Sasha Kali's Supergirl and all that kind of stuff. Um, How are you feeling about the Flash film? Uh, I'm ambivalent towards it. I mean, I'm not going to watch it. I have no interest in watching it, so. Right. Okay, um, yeah, that's my preview podcast for that. If you want to check that out, that's due out next month, finally. Uh, so there you go. Uh, over on the United cast, we beat Wolves by two goals to nil. Um, so there was that win. We do play again against um, Bournemouth tomorrow uh, in the Premier League. We didn't have a midweek game because we're not in European competitions anymore. So there's all of that. Uh, over on Gaming Talk last week, we talked about The Last of Us entering the Hall of Fame, along with some other notable titles. Uh, Call of Duty 2023, which scrambled my brain. And we talked about the Gollum game that is coming up as well. Um, so there's that one. I did a must-play review recently, strong must-play review for Dead Space, the 2023 remake. So you can check that one out. Um, and that's pretty much what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move on to... Some news. We have some sad news, unfortunately, to talk about first. Um, So the original voice actor for Crash Bandicoot, all the way back in 1996, I think it was, the the original date, the PlayStation 1 game, uh, Brendan O'Brien, or O'Brien, has passed away age 60. So we did all all the woes and all the o's and all all the different funny words that Crash Bandicoot says. He did all those uh, performances. yeah, has unfortunately passed away. So uh, this news kind of came <clears throat> out of nowhere. I've not seen him be attached to like any other projects recently or, or anything like that. Um, I, I don't know what the uh, what his condition and, and, and that kind of thing was, but yeah, sixty still young and everything. Um, it it's interesting because um, 
Because I remember there was a Comic-Con, an MCM Comic-Con that I was going to go to one year but didn't end up going. I think it was 2021 or 2022 or something. And there was a different voice actor attached. There was a Crash Bandicoot voice actor, but that was one from, I think, Twin Sanity and a few of the a few of the others. Um, it's interesting with a character like Crash that... Because <clears throat> Crash doesn't speak. Crash just sort of makes noises and that kind of stuff. But um, there's still a personality to, to him and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I wonder... <clears throat> I don't know. I wonder what those... Um, recording sessions and <clears throat> excuse me and that kind of thing is is like with with those sorts of roles um because i'm trying to think of video game characters that don't really obviously you've got your silent protagonists as well you've got um what's the guy's name from gta 3 doesn't talk at all um so yeah it, it's sad that he's passed away of course he contributed to my childhood basically um so yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting one. But um, thank you for giving your work to Crash Bandicoot. A lot of people really love you for that role. Um, and it's it's a shame to see you go. Um, Robert, do you have any thoughts on uh, Brendan O'Brien? Yeah, I mean, obviously it is sad for his family for yeah. the passing. It is kind of nice when you have some sort of legacy that'll live on past you, which he does. So in some ways, that it does help a little bit with it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, as I said, yeah, thanks for giving um, all all the, all the '90s PlayStation gamers, not just myself, of course, but any any of the <clears throat> excuse me '90s gamers that uh, well, they they say you either pick Team Crash or Team Sparrow, but I know a lot of people that picked picked both because um, there's no reason that you'd pick one or the other or whatever. But um, yeah, you you gave a lot of people a, a really really cool character, so um, that's very nice of course um so yeah uh moving on from that sad news um we finally have a playstation showcase coming up next wednesday there was a rumor it was going to be the 25th which is thursday it's going to be next wednesday at 1 p.m pacific which is 9 p.m for me and i believe 4 p.m for you um yeah we kept hearing kept seeing rumors didn't we over and over again over the last what two weeks mainly i think somebody called jeff grubb was tweeting like hey it's the 25th and all this kind of stuff and because uh, we're getting to that sort of june point where it would be um what do you call it where there'd be all these like showcases and we've got obviously the xbox thing and the Bethesda and the starfield and all that kind of stuff um i looked up recently i, I didn't mention this on the podcast i looked up recently um because i thought okay when actually it's been over a year when was the last actual playstation showcase from what I found, it was September of 2021, because they did skip completely last year. They had a few state of plays, didn't they? But they skipped last year mm -hmm. completely for, for showcases. Um, you know, they had their third-party uh, state of plays where they'd show some games, and obviously they had the, the VR2 thing recently and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, I mean, this had to happen sooner or later, because like, people want to see Spider-Man, people want to see games that haven't been announced, and, you know... All that kind of stuff. Um, so what I did, which is what you'd normally do, is wrote down some predictions. Um, most of these are things that I think we will see with some details. And one thing I think we won't see as well. Um, just before I go through my predictions, have you got anything written down? Uh, no. Okay, okay. Uh, so I'll go through mine and we can discuss them from there. Um, the most obvious thing and the first thing that came to my mind was Spider-Man 2 
full reveal with gameplay and I think a release date for September. Um, I think that's... I don't know if we'll maybe see that first, but I think that's the most likely thing that we'll see. I think we'll see a gameplay snippet. There was a few people on Twitter who said they had like... And, you know, take it with a pinch of salt, Who what you read from people on Twitter and whatever, that had, they said they had, like, inside information and they'd seen the animations for swinging on the game, and they said that we'd all been, been blown away, we'd all be blown away by it. Of course, take that as, you know, whatever you want. Um, so that'll be interesting. But yeah, I think we'll see, I think we'll get another trailer, and I think we'll get a gameplay demo of about, all of these things, usually five, ten minutes of, of gameplay, um, I don't think we'll get a sort of full uh, 2020. I think we'll get an actual date, and I think it will be. I don't, know, I don't know what date for September, but I think it will be in September. That just that sort of feels right. Um, do you agree or disagree with that? I don't know if it feels right. If Sony wanted just to be a, just to give a giant middle finger to Microsoft because we're supposed to get Starfield in September dropping Spider-Man 2 in September would be a giant middle figure because <laughs> we all know that that game is going to sell the crap out of everything. Spider-Man, you mean? Spider-Man 2. Yeah. yeah, that is going I wouldn't be shocked if first weekend sales it was at 15 million. Wow. And that's a lot. Yeah. And that while I'm not predicting that I wouldn't be shocked if I saw it because, mm. let's face it, the first game was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I did eventually buy it on the PS4 and played it on the PS4, and it ran flawlessly. The characters was great. The story was engaging for the most part, outside of a couple of forced stealth missions, which yeah. I still don't get. I hope they learned but, from that, but yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I, I hope they figure that out too, but whatever. Um, but yeah, all in all top tier game and i'm you know and i don't doubt that all they've done with the second one is just improve 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 because hey they had a winning formula they had something that was super awesome that everybody loved all they have to do is just not screw it up and it'll sell 15 20 million copies easy mm -hmm. without even trying yeah um I so agree. that would if, if they did put a a September release date on that, that would just cut the knees out of Microsoft. Because you know people would backburner Starfield to play Spider-Man. 100%. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's my first prediction. Um, I, I, I think we'll be guaranteed a date near the end of the year. I'm just saying September for for an example. And I totally forgot Starfield had a September date, by the way. So I wasn't... when I When I wrote that down, I wasn't thinking of Starfield at all. So... There we go. Um, Death Stranding 2, gameplay and release date. Um, I wrote down some stuff for 2024. I, I'm, I was trying to figure out, okay, if you're going to have probably, what, two big PlayStation games at the end of the year and then have three next year, like the the, the big exclusives, because you've got Final Fantasy 16, um, I think Death Stranding 2 and Spider-Man and maybe the... And maybe the um, the other ones. I'll get on to my 2024 20, games in, in a minute. Um, yeah, I think we'll see Death Stranding 2. Because uh, if you remember with the first one, there's a lot of commentary about oh, Kojima takes years to make games and we'll see Death Stranding in 2028 and it didn't take... It didn't take anywhere near... It took about half the time, if not quarter of the time 
people thought it would. But when you look at what's in Death Stranding, most of it is walking. Because um, you think, like, okay, if you're making a brand new IP and you've got to make assets for it, and Kojima being Kojima, he's going to have a really long game and all this intricate dialogue and stuff, we'd, we'd suspected that it would take a long time. So, because I was kind of thinking, because when was Death, Death Stranding was, like, 2020, 2019? So, somewhere around there. Well, it's not, like, years and years old, but it's about three or four years old, I think. Death Stranding. Obviously, it's on, uh, I think, PC now as well, and there's the, the director's cut on PS5. Um... I have a feeling we'll get it this year. I think it will be Fun Fantasy 16, Death Stranding 2, and Spider-Man. I think those will be the three big, like, Sony games. I-, I know Kojima isn't sort of owned by Sony and, you know, that kind of stuff, but I think those will be the three exclusives for, for this year. Uh, I didn't put an actual, like, month on it, but if you can do Spider-Man in September, you could do Death Stranding for, like, November or something, I think, possibly. Um, what are you thinking of Death Stranding 2? I honestly didn't even know they were making a Death Stranding two. Oh, uh, I haven't seen any. Well, I think we've only had like one trailer. It. To be fair, so yeah, yeah. I think it was at was that the Game Awards. Yeah, I think that was at like, the most recent Game Awards. So, because obviously you got the Jeff Keighley partnership and stuff there. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, when, when are you thinking that could come out? And do you agree in terms of like the first one took far less time than what people were anticipating? So, I'm going off the same basis for that. I mean, we might get like a full trailer reveal, but I doubt because it hasn't been that long since Death Stranding came out. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's been, what, about three years, but. Something like that, yeah. It's, you know, it's not like. It's not like it has to be out at. I don't know that there's that much of a, you know, demand for that game, so. Mm-hmm. Um, we shall see. Um, Wolverine trailer and gameplay. Only a small snippet of gameplay. But with a 2024 date. So again, I think Spider-Man, Fun Fantasy 16, which is very soon anyway, and Death Stranding 2. I think those will be Sony's three games for this year. Um, and I think Wolverine will be one of the games for... And it also doesn't make sense for Insomniac to release Wolverine and Spider-Man 2 in the same year. Like They don't need to, to do that. So um, to put a bit of a bonus prediction on that, I think they do Spider-Man this year. Wolverine next year, and then the year after that, I think they'll either do another Ratchet and Clank game, or they will do another Marvel game. But I don't think not 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 another Wolverine or Spider Man, but like a, another uh, Marvel character. Um, the more likely thing I'm thinking though is Spider Man this year, Wolverine next year, and the year after Ratchet comes back. That's that's kind of what I'm what I'm thinking. So that that's just like a individual insomniac. Uh, prediction um i think we'll get i think the trailer will be longer than the gameplay but i think within the trailer there'll be like splices of gameplay and you might get like a small you might get some small hints of gameplay but i think the main point of what they will do and again these are just predictions is here's wolverine here's a bit more of what it looks like uh maybe a little bit of an idea as to i don't know what point this wolverine is at and then to tell you okay it's it's and then just say 2024 no sort of like q1 or any of this sort of stuff but uh, 2024. Um, what are you thinking for Wolverine? Uh, that's a game that I'm really curious to see gameplay for when we get to the point where there is gameplay because if they make that like a, a super brutal game, it could be really awesome because there was that 360 Wolverine game back in the day that was like 
super hardcore. Yeah. And it, it got a really great reception to it. So mm-hmm. you never know. We could see. Yeah. wonder what they'll do with the tone of this game. Because if you look at Insomniac, um, you've got Spider-Man, which, okay, there's some, like, dark-ish stuff that happens in there, but it's family-friendly. you got Ratchet & Clank, which is definitely family-friendly. But Wolverine, who, you know, when you look at something like Logan, it's an R-rated film. Um, obviously, you've got things like the, the old... X-Men films which I think are a little bit more sort of PG-13 ish Mm -hmm. Um, but when you look at sort of like Marvel's R-rated or darker characters you've got what Deadpool you've got like Punisher Daredevil kind of Wolverine you've got Blade Um, those are the the violent R-rated characters I can think of from Marvel Um, so yeah I I wonder what sort of um, I mean you can have I, I don't because, yeah, game ratings can be tricky things. And I'm wondering, okay, if you have blood in this game, uh, what's the lowest rate? Because they're going to want it to be somewhat family-friendly aimed, but a bit darker, I think. Um, what do you think they might do with the tone? Uh, honestly, it just depends on who's publishing it and uh, how they want to go with the gore factor, because this is... You know, Wolverine, this is a character that can heal mm. instantly. So yeah. you could get pretty brutal with it and not even blink twice. Mm. Maybe you go like a Batman Arkham tone. Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Where it's not like 18, but it's like mature or like, yeah, 15 sort of PG-ish rate, uh, range. So uh, my next prediction is for something that won't happen. And I've just got written down no Metal Gear. Uh, there's been rumors for 40 years... Obviously, not really, but uh, there's been rumours for years and years and years, <clears throat> pretty much since Kojima uh, left Konami, and Konami has been a shell of itself since. Um, there's been rumours over and over and over and over and over again about, oh, it's getting remastered, or they're going to licence it to somebody else, or whatever the case may be. Um, and look, I, I said before the Silent Hill announcement that I, it just didn't, it didn't, I don't think anybody would have told you, unless you're like an insider or something, that Konami would have bothered to do anything with anything. Um, so it was a surprise to me when they said, hey, no, we are actually doing something with Silent Hill uh, 2, and they've got all the other games and stuff, because it's just been pachinko machines for the longest time. Pachinko mm-hmm. machines and, and Pez, that's pretty much what they've been doing. Um, but I just... I, okay, yeah, they decided to do something with Silent Hill. I was wrong about that. that that's fine. It's okay to have incorrect predictions. Um, I just don't see it with Metal Gear. Could be wrong. Um, but well, I think what's sparking a lot of the rumors with Metal Gear is that uh, that the last remastered collection that Konami did actually did get delisted off of game platforms. Yeah, yeah. Back on the fourth, so I think that's what's sparking the rumors. Hey, don't buy the old refresh. Buy the new refresh. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I don't think that we'll see anything from it. Could be wrong. Um. But we'll see. And my last prediction is a bit of a multi-layered one. Uh, Last of Us Factions trailer. A gameplay and a release window for 2024. Uh, so there's your third game for 2024. No news on Naughty Dog's next game. Because, hey, let's let's focus on what Naughty Dog are doing now rather than, okay, what are they doing in the next three years or something. Um, but an announcement of a Last of Us 2 PS5 version. Not, not a $70 Last of Us Part 1 type thing, but like a native update for uh for ps5 for last of us and what it could and should include 
is those, those extra little nuggets that we got for the last of us so like the accessibility staff the haptic feedback and all that like th those other little parts that were the, the differences between the ps4 last of us one and the ps5 last of us one so that sort of um i mean you got your updated character models and stuff anyway uh so you could i assume put those in um but i i, I wouldn't i don't think this would be the same thing as like okay fully from the ground up kind of thing um because the PS4 version of Last of Us Part 2, like, on the, on the technical side, is so good anyway. I don't think you'd need to update this as much as you would with the other game, is what I'm what I'm getting at. Plus, Last of Us 2 is newer as well, so... Um, but... Because, of course, I'd be very curious to see what Naughty Dog's working on after this, but I think they will... I think it would be a little bit strange if... Because we don't really know much about Factions itself anyway. This would be Factions 2, I suppose you could call it. Um... We've seen like some concept art and stuff. Neil Druckmann has said like this is really big and ambitious. This looks and feels like it's going to be The Last of Us meets The Division kind of thing, which I I will of course I'm going to give this game a try anyway. Um, although for, this game's in a, in an interesting spot for me because um, like when someone says Last of Us, I don't think of multiplayer at all. Uh, and I never even tried factions, and I've st still, even now, even as big a Last of Us fan as I am, I still got no interest at all in playing factions. You, you can and that's still, weird you can because I've heard for the first game that the multiplayer was actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard that as well, but I don't know. I just I went through the story <clears throat> with Last of Us One. Um, I've, I've I don't think I've ever touched factions. Um, I did play the multiplayer for Uncharted Four, but. That felt like it fit it a bit better. I don't know. I just don't associate multiplayer and Last of Us at all. So this is going to be very interesting to to see. Um, yeah, we'll see how they how they do this. Uh, but yeah, just focus on factions for now. Maybe maybe give some hints and stuff as to hey, we're working on the next big thing as well, or or whatever they're they're doing. So they could give like a Naughty Dog update, um, but uh, I mean they won't say anything about season two yet. It's way too early for that. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking a trailer for Factions gameplay and just a, hey, it's coming next year. Uh, no news on what Naughty Dog's doing next. And then a, a just a little announcement of like, hey, you can download a free update for, uh, or a cheap update for Last of Us 2. Um, that that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, to, to go back to what I was doing with the whole laying them out for the years thing. Um, so Spider-Man, Final Fantasy 16, Death Stranding 2 for this year. Next year is Wolverine, um, and uh, Last of Us factions. That's that's what I would I would say. I don't know what the other game would would be for next year, but uh, who knows? Maybe we might see something else get announced. Um, those are my predictions as to how this might go. Remember, this this isn't a state of play. This is a big showcase thing. This is like over an hour or something. So I expect Sony to be uh, hit, you know, shoot, shooting the big guns, so to speak. Um, what do you think of what they might do with Last of Us? Uh, it's possible we could just get like a trailer for Factions. Um, but outside of like maybe a DLC announcement, I don't know that they have anything big they need to drop. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you think if, if this is as big as what it's supposed to be, and it has taken a while for them to make this, which is understandable... Um, plus, I think this game was in development before Part 2 came out, and before Part one remake came out so they've been busy plus neil's been you know working on the show and that kind of stuff so 
um, we shall we shall see. I know that Matthew directed part one, but Neil, I would guess, probably oversaw. He is the co-president of the of the company. So, um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my announcements. Did you have anything you can think of that you want to predict at all? Not really off see? the top of my head. I mean, you covered pretty much everything that I would expect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, we'll we'll probably get game announcements of games that we aren't even aware of. That's what new IP is called. Um, I guess one last question: How? Right. So we're halfway through this year, which is mad. <laughs> um, I expect some of these games to have twenty twenty four windows, like I've said. Um, how far do you think their announcements will? Did you think they'll touch on anything? either late 2024 or anything for 2025 no i don't think they'll go that far out okay how, how far do you think they'll go out maybe mid 2024 about a year okay so like a like a calendar year from now so mm-hmm. cool um yeah that could be a, a good ballpark if you're thinking um yeah if because what they could do is have wolverine or last of us for them to just say hey one of those two games is q1 2024 and the other one is middle of next year and then we'll get an update later as to what the third game is or maybe within the same showcase for for a for a different game so that's all the um i know you've got things like uh obviously the psvr2 stuff i don't know what they're doing with that you've got um what's it called uh, the days gone devs of like teaser they might be doing something and uh, there's possibly ghost of Tsushima 2 but in terms of like, okay, what's the day? Days uh, Ben Studios. I have no idea what they would be doing, so I I don't know. Because heck, maybe one of those two things could be for for next year as well. So, um, the one I think will is least likely to see from is um Sony Santa Monica, the God of War devs. I I don't think there'll be anything ready for for that right now. So, uh, Horizon just came out with some stuff, so they're still still doing things. Um, I wonder if we might get. Because it's not PlayStation Game Showcase, and they are doing some TV and film adaption stuff. Um, maybe we'll get some update on some TV and film adaptions or, or something. Um, I don't know. So, because there is quite a few of those in development. Like we might get, a, who knows? We might get a Horizon Netflix trailer or something. Um, but I don't know what they might want to do with that. So, cool. That's all my predictions for the showcase. We'll see what comes out on Wednesday. Um, that's what I got for this week, Robert. How about yourself? I got a couple of things. First off, BlizzCon is officially back in person. Uh, it's been derailed since 2019. Obviously, we know what happened in 2020 mm. and since. Um, we have a date, but not much else. Uh, the date is going to be the Anaheim Convention Center in Anaheim, California on November 3rd. Uh, the details, like I said, are scant. They did confirm the typical stuff that we normally get. Hearthstone Championship. Overwatch Championship, uh, cosplay competition, things like that. Uh, not a whole lot in detail, but again, it being an in-person event, which it hasn't been since the 2019 uh, convention, is I'm sure people that are fans of all things Blizzard uh, are going to it. Now, have you? I know the cons are firing back up over in the mm-hmm. UK because OLL just had one. And uh, there's how much have you been able to get to cons recently? I haven't really looked any like for myself personally going. I haven't looked anything up recently. I know David's been to a, a couple of things. He went to the Wales. I think was it Wales? Um, went to one of the conventions the other the other week. He mentioned it on Geek Town. Um, 
but yeah, there's a lot of uh, still a lot of Blizzard fans out there. Obviously, you know, Diablo is it four, four is out or coming out or has the beta or one one of those things. Uh, I've seen Same. some stuff about that as well. So, um, yeah, so uh, cool for anyone who is excited to go. Um, so what you mean is to, so the 2019 because I assume they plan these once a year. Um, yeah, there it used to be an annual event. Um, you could buy a pay per view ticket to watch it and stream it virtually. Um, the the virtual ones they did on their Twitch page, which that's the one we talked about last year because they had Metallica as an in concert and they forgot to get the rights of Metallica, so Blizzard got a copyright strike on their own convention, oh dear. which I thought was fucking hilarious. I think I remember you saying something about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that goes into a much longer diatribe that I won't repeat. So. Right. Right. Um, I was just thinking, is it fair to say that I know Activision Blizzard is technically a, a joint company or whatever the hell? It feels to me like Blizzard is in a much better, much more organized place than Activision is. Um, well, I think I, their I, IPs are much more organized. Yeah. Um, obviously, Blizzard doesn't have COD, that's Activision. Um, but I, I just gen- I generally hear more positive things around Blizzard and Blizzard games than I do Activision. Again, I know. Well, I mean, between the thing, uh, but... World of Warcraft, Overwatch with Overwatch Two being out soon, mm-hmm. um, Diablo has been getting positive Diablo stuff around it. Yeah, their their IPs tend to be more uh, group, non confrontational focus. So, mm. yeah. Still, I still maintain what I said before. Um, either. Bobby Kotich needs to be removed and replaced, or the whole company needs to be bought for an extortionate amount of money, and then remove him that way. Uh, because even if Blizzard is seemingly doing better, which it which is great, you've still got an overarching uh, problem. So um, whether it's Bobby removing or he remove himself, would he? Because why why would he do that for? Uh, <clears throat> um, but you know what I mean. The the um, yeah, when you have problems that have been going on for as long as long as this um sometimes it's not about the individual developers it's about who's at the top of the tree and that is Mm -hmm. one uh bobby so um it's just interesting like i know we brought this up before but i remember the last time i heard him speak about something i was like oh this is the guy who's in charge because i don't think i'd heard him speak before that It it was very very recently um i was like oh this is the guy who's in charge of like multiple video games and like one of the biggest juggernaut uh, juggernauts in gaming um which i still think there's three of them which is fifa gta and cod i think those are the big three uh even though gta is far less active let's let's call it that than than the other ones but um sometimes when you like you hear about like oh the ceo is not doing so well and they're, they're making bad choices then you hear them actually speak and you see them and you see their body language and you can sort of analyze them a bit more and you go oh it's this this is the guy <laughs> so yeah um very interesting anyway so uh yeah anyone who's going to uh blizzcon hope you have a very good time so and anyone who's enjoying diablo in whatever way shape or form i hope that's going good as well so there you go uh cool what else did you want to talk about this week uh, well next up we got a full trailer from netherrealm about the next mortal Kombat game it is simultaneously both a reboot and a sequel because of the official canon lore of the wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey nonsense. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get the full backstory, prepare to go cross-eyed. 
So in Mortal Kombat 11, saw the roster of warriors fighting to control or restore history after the Titan Chronicia fiddled with the timeline to erase the Thunder God Raiden from existence. A time storm also brought younger versions of Raiden and others into the present, including a good version of Liu Kang. After fights, the undead version of Liu Kang from the present absorbed the soul of the younger version of Liu Kang, then, then merged with past Raiden to become Fire God Liu Kang and defeat Kronika. You know, not at all confusing. Mm-hmm. And then before the timeline could be locked down, uh, Shang Tsung attempted to create his own timeline, which in the canon ending of the Aftermath DLC, Liu Kang defeats Shang Tsung's and reboots the timeline. And from what we can tell from the trailer, this looks like where Mortal Kombat 1 picks up. Mm. Uh, narrating the trailer, uh, Liu Kang reveals that he made a blank canvas where people can choose to live their lives how they want, whether to live in quiet serenity or bloody strife. Um, so far, Sub-Zero, Scorpion have been uh, confirmed. Melina Katana also confirmed from the trailer. Outside of that, it's one of those things we'll just have to wait and see when the game comes out, which does not have a release date in the article that I'm referencing. Oh, wait, no, there it is. September 19th. Huh. Um, so September is going to be a busy month. It's quite soon, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I was just thinking as you were trying to explain that, which of the th- which of the following three things is most complicated? That story, my recap of Call of Duty's releases, or Riverdale? <laughs> Uh, to be clear, still, to be clear, I still don't watch Riverdale, but I do watch Alex Miser's videos on the the show, which are very entertaining. So it took me three seasons. I don't watch Riverdale either, but it took me three seasons of watching promos to even find out that it was based off the Archie comics. Ah, and I did not know that for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I think I'd agree. Yeah, I think Riverdale is still the more complicated out of those three scenarios. Um. So yeah, uh, but yeah, this is technically what you would call a revival, I suppose. If it if it's sort of taking mm-hmm. canon from previous installments, but is like a new starting point. I mean, that's essentially what um, what was it, like 2018's Halloween. There, there was like lore and history there, but you didn't need to watch all the other films. Um, things like I guess technically Crash Four works that way. Although you, you'll appreciate the it's one of them kind of things where you can go in fresh to something like this but you won't necessarily understand and appreciate everything if you haven't experienced it before but then you don't need to which it would to do something like this with a franchise is quite smart as long as the franchise uh requires that to happen so and if the trailer is anything to go off of it is going to be a brutally bloody game and i mean braveheart level of brutally bloody hmm. there's one part in the trailer where one character is on his knees and another character is behind him summons a red dragon out of his right hand a blue dragon out of his left hand the dragons fly around grab the person that's on his knees one by each arm lifts him 20 feet up in the air yanking the arm apart the guy jumps 30 feet in the air and falcon punches him in half like he was getting sawed in half with a razor blade right but with a punch hmm so, and just blood and guts everywhere. Cool. 
Um, yeah, Mortal Kombat's not been one that's like for me or anything, but I, I know there's people out there that love it. So, you know, if people are excited for this Mortal Kombat 1 announcement, which is which is interesting, um, then that's that's really good. I know there was like a film and stuff on HBO. I, I, I never watched that, but... I did watch it. It was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was way better than the campy movies from the 90s. Yeah, yeah. So... There we go. Um, I'm guessing a, a bit of this, or the trailer, or something, will pop up at the uh, showcase. I don't think it'll take up much time, but I think they'll they'll maybe mention it or something. So we shall we shall see. Uh, cool. What else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the next thing I have is Saudi Arabia's public investment fund has recently been buying up parts of the video game market. And when I say video game market, they have um, through either the direct fund or through some subsidiaries, stakes in Activision Blizzard, Capcom, Embracer Group, Nexon, Nintendo, Take-Two, and more. Um, it has now doubled its existing states in electronic arts, owning just under 10% of the company. Uh, the PIF previously held a 16.01 million share stake in EA, but now holds 24.8 million shares uh, with the outstanding shares of EA at $274 million, that's around 9.21%. Uh, the why is no real mystery. Um, video games are a booming market and have been yep. for the last 10, 15 years. Anybody that got into that market early is doing really, really well. Um, so it's not a big surprise that they're just buying more of it, but you know, they got money, but then again... It's also Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, those kind of countries, that and Qatar and everything, is where money is at the moment. I mean, you know, they just hosted a World Cup in Qatar. Um, you've got um, both PSG, Man City, and Newcastle that are owned by groups. I don't know what the names are. I can't remember the names. Um, but they're owned by some of those groups. Obviously, they bought them for few billion on that although Newcastle wasn't actually that expensive which is which is kind of cool um there's a Qatari group uh led by I think it's Shahik Jassim I think is his name um obviously they're in a bidding war with to buy Man United they're in a bidding war with Jim Radcliffe who Jim Radcliffe sounds like he doesn't quite actually have enough money to buy Man United so wants to buy part of it now and part of it later so I don't want that um but um yeah, we're, we're, nowadays when it comes to, I mean, unless you are sort of, you know, Microsoft and you're trying to buy Activision for $70 billion, um, there aren't a lot of companies that have got these, you know, billions that are kind of hanging around or that kind of stuff. I mean, um, for for the last sort of 18 years or so, when, fan, when fans eventually realized like, oh, the Glazers are really bad for us and we need to be sold, the question was always... Who's going to buy somebody as big as Man United? Is it going to be Apple? Is it going to be Amazon? Is it going to be Microsoft? Who's it going to Who's it going to be? Or is there going to be some mysterious, you know, billionaire who's who's got a lot of money? Um, and like I said, with the with when Man City got bought in two thousand nine, something like that, it was before twenty twelve. Um, and they own PSG, and they're able to pour loads of money into that, and obviously Newcastle as well, and now possibly Man United. That's where the I mean, there's rich companies out there, but when you're talking these big, big billions and all this kind of stuff, um, that that's kind of where the where the money is. I mean, I I heard this this uh, Shahik Jassim guy, his like net worth or something like that is like three hundred billion. So, 
yeah, he he could buy a thing or two in terms of different businesses. So, um, yeah, but uh, they they're getting their they're getting their hands into more pies, so to speak. Um, and although with these types of countries, there is obviously a lot of issues in these countries in terms of you know human rights and all kind of other stuff, you know that that isn't good over there. Um, you'd rather have. Because we talked about Tencent before, right? The whole Chinese thing and how they've got their hands in some pies. And uh, you had what Sean Layden who went over there probably for mm-hmm. money, or I, I actually don't know what job he went over there for, but something related to all that. When, when I look yeah. at it in that way, because I, I, I've said a few weeks ago or so, my concerns with a Qatari group owning Marinade, I do have like concerns about it as well. I would rather have. A Qatari sort of group by Man United than let's say Tencent, because um, it just even though neither are sort of like completely clean moral options, the Qatari one is better than what's going on with Tencent, I suppose. So at least as far as I know, anyway. But what do you think of this situation? Yeah, um, it's one of those things that obviously I can't control what the country does, and I can't control yeah. what they do with their money. Um, I'm not going to lie and say I'm the biggest fan of it, but my hope is is that by trying to be more part of the world, they might get some different views of the world and might be able to, to course correct a few things. Um, but something like that would have to come internally. That's not something that could be forced from outside. Mm. History has proven that time and time and again. Yeah, yeah. I suppose what we have to remember about these types of countries is there is nice and innocent people that live over there that have got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody from one of these countries, I guess we call them third world countries, is trying to buy something, it doesn't mean that every single business person in these countries is corrupt. That wouldn't be a fair thing to say. Because um, although this Shaheek Jasim guy, okay, he might be very nice. He might you know, be, be a nice upstanding guy who's got a lot of money. Um, it's still just where that money comes from and you know the whole qatari involvement that just um that kind of thing so uh although didn't bother ronaldo so he's kind of over no. there early. apparently he wants to leave anyway because he throws straps regularly and kicks water bottles so even when you are on two million a week two million a week that's just like wow <laughs> um I remember when there was a few players that were earning like three or four hundred grand a week, and I was like, "Oh, that's a lot of money," and that's just gone up and up and up and up over the course mm-hmm. of a few years. In fact, I remember um, a player called Oscar. I don't know where he's playing now. He went over to some team in in China. Obviously, there's money over there as well, and he was getting like six hundred grand a week. I remember everyone was like, "Wow, that's a lot of money," and then we heard like, "Oh, Mbappe's on a million a week at PSG." It's like, "Oh God, it's getting even higher," and then. Ronaldo's gone over to um, Al Nasser. I can't remember the team's called, and he's getting two million a week. It's like how how much higher can this can this thing get? So as long as there's money, it goes as high as it wants. Trust me. Yeah. As, you know, living yeah. in America, dealing with uh, NFL and NBA contracts, you see just crazy, stupid high numbers. And we, Yumi and uh, Dave, talked about that on one of the podcasts a while back. Mm. Um, see, for them, it's not like. Okay, Ronaldo's 38 going on 39. He's he's not in the prime of his career. He's no nowhere near as good as he used to be. But it's about, hey, we've got Ronaldo, big brand name. You know, come and pay attention to us. So, anyway, it's enough about all that. What else have you got to talk about? 
Uh, well, the last thing I have to talk about is the uh, acquisition that Microsoft is trying to do for Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the EU Regulatory Commission just gave its approval to let the deal continue going forward. Uh, Microsoft offered, as part of the deal, the commitments, which they were probably going to do anyway. They must have just clarified their um, statements on it. Uh, a free license to consumers in the EEA that would allow them to stream via any cloud game streaming device service of their choice all current and future Activision Blizzard PC and console games for which they have a license, meaning if you've purchased the game, you can stream the game. Mm -hmm. A corresponding free license to cloud gaming streaming services provided to allow EEA-based games to stream any of Activision PC or console games. Um, so any device, so an Apple device, uh, an Android device, it doesn't have to be a Microsoft specific device. You can stream on anything, which from the article we talked about a couple weeks ago, a lot of the uh, regulatory commission's concerns were with streaming because that's where a lot of people think that it's going to go. Uh, Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith has filled in the details on exactly what Microsoft has promised. Quote, the European Commission has required Microsoft to license popular Activision Blizzard games automatically to the competing cloud gaming services. This will apply globally and will empower millions of consumers worldwide to play these games on any device they choose. And these are on a 10-year commitment, so who knows what the gaming market will be looking like 10 years from now, but that's that's the time frame that Microsoft was willing to commit to. Mm. Um, the CMA yesterday defended its decision to block the deal, claiming that it would, would not turn a blind eye to anti-competitive mergers, even though Microsoft has been going out of its way to try to assure people through contracts and deals and things like that that it's not going to block access once they make this ownership. Obviously... You're never going to fully know until they own it to see what they do. But if they have contracts, then there's going to be legal reper- uh, repercussions if they screw something up. Mm. Yeah. Um, things like competition or cheating or anything else. I'm not saying Microsoft is cheating. I'm just you know bringing up different things. Um, yeah, it's understandable that some of these things can be concerned. I mean... Not to go back to football again, but to go back to football again, look at what's happened with Man City. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, they got 115, I think it's Premier League uh, charges or violations at the moment, which is being dealt with, but are on the verge of just winning more and more trophies. So when you talk about things like, you know, competition and anti-consumer and things like that, I, I, since that's developed a bit more, I've kind of understood that slightly more. Obviously, you know, Man City is a football team and Microsoft as a game studio is two fundamentally di- completely different things because um, Microsoft can't really cheat in the same way, if if that makes sense, or they can't really operate in the same way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been seeing things about, oh, you know, one group has blocked it, another has approved it, and, yeah, I won't pretend to understand the, the, the full details on all these kind of things. I mean, it just, uh, for me, I'm just waiting for the ultimate just sort of yes or no um so we'll have to see how it goes but 
Again, for me, um, there needs to be change at Activision, whether it's going to be this or something else. I don't know what the something else would be or how easy that would be. Um, because... Yeah, and if the deal doesn't go through, we are much less likely to get the change needed in Activision, mm. um, especially with Bobby Kotek. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, not not the way you want that to go. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not sure what the other side of that completely looks like in five, ten years if Bobby's still there and things haven't changed. Um, but uh, we shall. It's just interesting though that because there was the meme of like you know Phil Spencer saying, "Hey, I'll pay you seventy billion if you if you go away," <laughs> which still kind of applies now. Um, because mm-hmm. this, I mean, this isn't sort of. Phil just trying to do that. He obviously he wants Activision under the roof of Xbox. This isn't just about getting Bobby out, but Bobby getting him out would be a bonus part of the process. Yeah, a natural part of the process. Um, so there you go. Um, it's a little bit like I keep going back to football in this podcast. It's a little bit like um, when whoever bought Newcastle bought them, and we're like okay we we don't want a team of super we won't be able to have a team of superstars straight away but we want to be more competitive and then they looked at steve bruce and you know he's an innocent guy who's who's tried and you know not been very good as a manager but kind of understandably looked at him and was like i'm not sure for, for what we're trying to do which is like you know compete in the champions league and try and win titles or you know try and win stuff not quite sure that Steve Bruce is that guy, you know, the guy who's gotten Newcastle relegated or gotten West Brom relegated, you know. But we, we, we just need better, somebody better in that position. And I'm not remotely trying to compare Bobby to, to Steve. They're two completely different people. But in some situations when someone buys something, um, you're going to unfortunately also need to replace nice people who aren't quite good enough at their jobs in certain situations. But yeah, I mean, we see that over here in America all the time with sports to where when a head coach gets fired, pretty much mm. most of his staff gets fired as well. Yeah. And that's just the new coach coming in, setting his own agenda. It's one of those things that everybody knows that it happens. It sucks for everybody that loses their job. Yeah. But it also yeah. gives them, hey, that like I got fired because I was doing bad. I got fired because the new coach kicked everybody out, so... Hmm. See, with that, that's not the case of, like, oh, this person's done something wrong, we need to kick them out. It's just, okay, we have a new idea, we have a new vision, a new th- a new thing, and you just don't fit what that means. I mean, Steve Bruce himself would have known, like, okay, these billionaires want to come in and, like, make this team into competitive. He probably knew he wasn't going to be able to do that, but, um, anyway, I think he's at West Brom or something now, so... Um... Yeah, on the other side of the coin, in terms of yeah, get get the, get the bad man Bobby out and uh, see how this goes. So it's just I I understand, I understand this is something that's going to take a long time, but I don't know how you feel about it. But it's it's getting to a point where okay, we we are getting regular updates on all this, but and understand why it take is taking a long time, but it's getting tiring with how long it is taking. Um. Well, you also so, so, with the sale price of this big, with the uh, you know subsidiaries and whatnot, literally all over the world, this was not going to be a slow pro, not going to be a fast process. Yeah, this was going to be a drawn out slog. Mm. So there you go. All right, what else did you have to talk about? That's all I got. 
course, move on to some emails, some feedback and whatnot. If you'd like to write into the show, let us know what you're playing, what you think of any news, what you think of the Activision situation. Uh, I guess you can still write in with your showcase predictions if you'd like to. And all that kind of stuff. Uh, MethodEntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, and there's information in your show notes. Jack is up first and says, uh, I've seen some chat about the trend of films... Sorry, I've seen some chat about the trend of films and when it changes. With the fall of DC and Marvel films, do you think video game adaptions will be the new trend? Um, first of all, just to address what you said there about Marvel and DC, and, you know, you're perfectly entitled to your opinion and all that kind of stuff, if you're personally not enjoying what DC's doing or what Marvel's doing, obviously there's a big change coming. With DC, they're going to have, obviously, the James Gunn reboot, and we're not quite there yet with that. To just talk about those two for a second... With DC, it's the case of, okay, these films aren't going towards anything and they're not part of DCU, but then what is? And there's the way I would label that is just uncertainty as to what's actually going on. Okay, you have you know James Gunn there and he's writing and directing Superman. That's your jumping off point. But what's going to happen after and before that? Because there's a whole two years between now and when that film is about. Is June 2025, right? Um, there's another two years before that happens. So... You still got a lot of time there. Um, I still maintain with Marvel that okay, some people might not have liked the films and TV shows and stuff with Phase Four. I, I still personally look at Phase Four as like an experimental and rebuilding phase. And I think what happened was Endgame came out. Everybody was like, "Oh my god, this is the peak of everything, and it can't get any better," and all this kind of stuff. And then what those audience members wanted to do was jump from one big thing to the next big thing to the next big thing. So by doing that, you then go from Endgame to Spider-Man 2 to Spider-Man 3 to Black Panther to Guardians 3, straight into Avengers, straight into X-Men, straight into Fantastic Four. And it doesn't work that way. And I would label that audience as just the impatient bunch. That's not like a knock against that audience. You can, you know, be excited for whatever you want to be. But I look at that as just that particular set of audience very much enjoyed the heights of Endgame and all that kind of stuff and are just wanting to jump from big thing to big thing and there is impatience there I think um, that's what I basically think is happening with, with DC and Marvel which which are two totally different things because one, one of them is in this stage of like okay there's a couple of things coming out but we're re-rebooting and there's the Marvel which is like okay we're building up to our next thing but the audience is too impatient to get to that next big thing That's that's what I think is going on anyway so um, just on that side of things, what do you think is uh, is going on? Yeah, well, the the Marvel kind of the, well, mostly not even Marvel DC, but just like the superhero genre kind of fading out. I, you know, I'm kind of accepting that that's the reality too because that's a normal thing with cinema. Yeah. If you go back to like the 50s, westerns were an absolute bankable, guaranteed moneymaker. Mm-hmm. When's yeah. the last time you've seen a Western? When's the last yeah. time you've seen a commercial for a Western? Um, you go back yeah. to, you know, the 70s, and then you got, you know, some of the early sci-fi stuff, which we'll still get now and then, but not nearly as often. 80s, obviously, the uh, shirtless action dude. Mm-hmm. Can't remember when I've seen the last one of those that either wasn't just mocking that genre or was a Fast and Furious film. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. There is a bit of superhero exhaustion because there's been, what, 33 Marvel films just in that IP branch alone? 
Uh, that's a lot of movies. Mm. Um, yeah. As for the it current is. Phase Four, I'm just not a fan of the writing. Mm. And well, I got Rin Five now. So. Yeah. Well, for in the the more recent stuff that's come out in the last two years, I'm just not a big fan of the writing. And I kind of had a weird confirmation about that. About a month ago, they were interviewing one of like the head head writers, and one of the head writers said he considered it a red flag if the person he was hiring to write for a project was a fan of the source material. How is being a fan of the source material a red flag? Yeah. You would think you would want people that are fans of the source material to do um, the writing for what made this popular in the first place enough to get this updated show. And then you get all the drama like you're getting with uh, Henry Cavill and The Witcher and then they come out with that uh, uh, prequel that absolutely tanked and got dragged. I think at one point the critic review on it, Rotten Tomatoes, was like at 21%, mm. which is way low. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we got the movies that are coming out, and they're just they're not really pushing that interest button for whatever reason. I mean, I've been in arguments with people on things like, Oh, it's this. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's this. I'm just like, honestly, for me personally, it's just the writing. The story doesn't capture my attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in an overall sense, I, th I think Marvel will be absolutely fine. Um, I think what will actually happen is once, once those, big X-Men films come out and once Fantastic Four gets here and once whatever happens with Avengers and Kang happens I think people are going to forget the the slow part of Phase 4. I think people are going to totally forget like the mistakes that happened because they'll, they'll be so hyped up by oh my god X-Men's here oh my god Fantastic Four's here. I think they'll totally forget about, not forget about what happened but forget about the parts they didn't enjoy. Um, yeah, DC, and, and with uh, video games, as the question was alluding to, yeah, it really kind of depends on the IP. You yep, have yep. the Super Mario Brother animated movie, which crushed, mm -hmm. and then you had the Uncharted movie, which flopped. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just to conclude with the DC, because I just gave my overall thing for the Marvel thing. To conclude with the DC thing, so if you're kicking off the DCU in 2025, I give it until 2020. Eight until they announce the next reboot. I don't think this James Gunn thing is going to work, and that's me predicting that very, very early. Like this thing is too, still two years away, but I, I don't, I just, don't, I don't think it's going to work. Um, and I think it's going to get rebooted after this reboot, which is going to be messy and long and really exhausting. But that's what mm. I think is going to happen. So, and what's very interesting about that, I think literally there will be people that will look and think, oh, it's not Zach directing. Oh, it's not Henry Cavill in it not interested in the Superman. And if you don't come out the gate swinging with that opening Superman film, there's going to be immediate question marks. So, um, but James Gunn decided, he's at the studio, he decided I'm going to write, direct, and be the be the co-head um, of this thing. So, it's down to you. Yep. <laughs> uh, you got to pick who, who's replacing Henry as well. So, good, good luck with all that. Good luck with all that. Uh, just to go to the game thing, um, I do think there's definitely a sense of um, you know, we're getting more, we've had a few more successful video game adaptions, and I think studios are finally waking up and realizing, oh, we can do video, good video game adaptions, but as you said, it's about, because the difference there, 
when you have, let's say, books and comic books, which if you look at a lot of the films that we've had, and, you know, comic books and stuff, they'll, obviously they come from those from those source material, and there's how many films based off of books and how many TV shows based off books. You've got things like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and on and on and on and on. Um, I, think, I think it's fair to say, when you're adapting from comic books or books, which a large number of our media is, um, you don't have things like video game mechanics to adapt mm-hmm. to screen whereas when you're doing video game stuff and you're okay you're taking the controller away from the um not viewer the, the audience member you're taking the controller away and getting getting them to watch the thing that they've experienced so how do you obviously you've got cutscenes where you don't press buttons and that kind of stuff but and you've got your more cinematic games but i think it's more about how yeah how do we can we convert things like video game mechanics into scenes and when you're not doing the video game mechanics um obviously you've got your story that you can rely on a little bit and that kind of stuff but when you go from it's like with last of us for example very cinematic very cinematic storytelling and that kind of thing you got your, you got your a to b story there that you can you know you've got like you can put that into cutscenes. but when you get to parts in the last of us for example that are oh here's a the next part of this thing is you controlling Joel going through this building with Ellie. How what are we choosing to keep and cut and where are we choosing to have things and when Joel's doing something like shooting an enemy or running away from a clicker, how are we gonna make that work properly without the player doing it, the player watching it instead of doing it? Um, and I do still think that this like renaissance that we've had with companies realizing oh we can adapt games to films i think the revival of that or the, or the serious revival of that was down to last of us i think after the first couple of episodes came out you started seeing reports and more reports and more news of like oh the last of us worked so now this can work or that can work or this can work um i know you've had things like okay the mortal kombat film was you know better and fine and fun and that kind of stuff and uh, the Mario film was on a you know the different end of the scale, and Sonic happened before Last of Us. So there's been a few recent successful examples. It's not just purely down for the Last of Us, but um, I suppose what, what I'm trying to say is when you look at something like let's say Mortal Kombat, Sonic, and Mario, you could put them more down to you're just going to have fun with those. When you get to the more serious things and the gritty, grounded, realistic stuff like Last of Us, how do you make a serious adaption? work and we'll see, we'll see how things like you know gears of war and god of war and horizon managed to, to do this and fallout as well how those will manage to do things um but now that we're in this period of oh we can do this i think there will be yeah i think there will be a certain amount of that will become the new trend i i, I do think that that will certainly be happening to, so to actually answer jack's question <laughs> um i think that will become a new trend but i think it will sit next to of course you've got your average random other films that come out as well your, your one-off films your horror films and there's a whole bunch of different genres of films i think video game films they won't all be films there are some tv stuff i think video game films will have to find a way to sit alongside marvel and dc stuff and then all of your other films because people still watch you know other films at the at the cinemas but um it's also just the case of um, because to me, okay, you, you got a let's say you got an averagely good film coming out. You want to probably have a good four to six weeks of good box office runway. 
So when you've got something like Flash is about to come out or Mario has just come out, uh, not necessarily as much with the Flash, but if you're an average film that isn't as popular as Mario, you're going to want to stay away from that film. But then you've got to look in your calendar, I suppose, and go, okay, if Mario's coming out here, that'll get, you know, let's say six to eight weeks to, to go full on with that, a runway uh, to make money. You want to wait until that's died off and finished and then put your film out. But then you also need to market it and make, get people excited for it and that kind of stuff. It's a bit like when I look at um, uh, Strange Worlds, which I still don't know how good or bad that film actually is. I've not seen it. but And this was like a weird, deliberate Disney decision. It was, okay, it was a Disney film. Disney's a, a very big name still. Um, it, was, it wasn't a live action remake. It was a new, I think a new IP um, animated film from them. What are we going to do? We're going to put it out right before Avatar comes out. <laughs> I mean, you're just shooting the film in the foot before it's even, you know, had a chance. And they knew Avatar was going to be something that made a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, don't do not do things like that, I, I, I would say. Uh, but, okay, when you've got 52 weeks in a year and you've got films that are taken up four weeks and six weeks and four weeks and eight weeks... You've got, got to pick a good uh, period for your film to come out. Um, but no, I think it will become a new trend. And I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, tones and what gets TV, but what gets film adaptions and who does what and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I think it will sit alongside Marvel and DC films. I mean, Marvel and DC aren't going to just stop releasing films just because they're not going to go, oh, video game adaptions are winning. We're just going to stop. Like, they're not going to do that. So uh, we'll see. Uh, Jade writes in, says, first time, long time, welcome. Uh, I'm someone that travels a lot and uses Bluetooth headphones. So listening to podcasts like yours, music, playing the Steam Deck and Switch offers a great experience, especially with commuting. Do either of you do this often? Um, the only times when I'm commuting is either when I'm going to the cinema, so back and forth. That takes 20 to 30 minutes, depends on which cinema I go to. Uh, work, which takes 10 to 15 minutes, I, both, both ways, um, and when I go out for the occasional, like, family, just call it family meal, if you want to, if you want to call it that, um, and those commutes are 20 to 40, yeah, 20 to 40, around that sort of, like, half an hour mark, so not like, I know some people commute to work for, like, an hour and a half and 45 minutes and all this other kind of stuff, um, so I, I'm not on sort of like really, really long commutes. Um, so in terms of like doing this specific thing, I don't really do that. Um, I mean, like I'm on my phone in the car for, for the 10 minutes and I'm just, you know, doing whatever. Um, there was a couple of times when I was, I think I was playing Metroid Dread or something. And I took the Switch with me and that was like, could have these quick little 10 minute sessions in the car. Um, I can't remember the last time I was on my own on the bus. Because uh, I don't, I don't drive. I don't have a car uh, on the bus, and I have my switch with me. Um, so I, I'm not somebody who's like you know getting trains all the time and all this kind of stuff. So uh, it's great that you've found that as an option, and obviously that occupies you for your uh, commutes and things, which is which is really great. And you've said you've got a lot of different options there, like podcasts and music, and you got your Steam Deck and your Switch, which is uh, which is really great. I continue to hear really good things about Steam Deck, so that's really really good. Um, I know there's there's certain games as well that you can you know you can have them as what they call podcast games. Obviously, when like you don't really need to listen to the game itself, or the, the there's not much story or something, but you can 
um, just kind of pay attention to it and play it, but you don't need to hear it, but then you can still listen to podcasts and stuff, so like your, your longer podcasts. Um, but that's really good. That's not, not the kind of like same experience I have. Um, how about yourself, Robert? Yeah, I have a pair of Bluetooth headphones that I use daily. Um, when I'm at work, uh, there's downtime from time to time, and obviously you don't want to blast music or a podcast around a other coworker. So I have the headphones yeah. so I could listen, you know, and be quiet and be on the DL with it. Um, when I'm doing stuff out and about, I usually still have my headphones with me because I took them to work, so I'm there with them anyway. So just fire up the YouTube video while I'm doing something else. Um, yeah, I use them all the time. Nice, nice. The only other time I use Bluetooth headphones if I'm, you know, doing my cleaning job at work, and uh, if there's not many people around or whatever, and I'll listen to, I'll catch up with my podcast or a bit of music or something. Um, I don't tend to do YouTube that much because then that means leaving my phone on the table and that kind of stuff, which, um, you know, I, I I do it now and again when I when I'm there. Uh, it depends uh, what the teachers and stuff are doing, and you know all that kind of stuff although if um you know if somebody has a quick chat with me or somebody asks me to do something obviously i pause it and then and then go from there so there we go but um no, good good options for your for your entertainment so and thank you for listening to our podcast as well we very much appreciate that cool cool uh cool that's what we got for you for this episode thank you very much for listening you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for tv games films main night podcast check out what we do and all that kind of stuff uh tell other people about what we do and where they can find it either by just telling them or using social media patreon five dollar ten dollar level tiers actually podcast review options take a look at that as well if you'd like to tv and film news there's a lot of re- renewal and cancellation news at the moment at geek town radio on tuesdays and geektown.co.uk for your TV and your film news during the week and that kind of stuff. So check out all of that. Uh, Bex is streaming very regularly still over on Twitch. Trista B-Y-T-E-S for Retro Chat Game and other streams. So go and support her work as well. Uh, me, you can find me between Mondays and Wednesdays over on eTalkUK on Twitch for the FIFA career mode. Didn't do one this week. Just wasn't quite feeling all there this week. Uh, so I didn't do one. But uh, if you missed the first four, five episodes, something like that. Uh, you can find those on a YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. I've still got like a whole bunch of game clips to put up, so uh, look out for those as well. Thanks very much for listening, and we will um, see you for next week's uh, showcase, see what they've actually got to show. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>